Alright, welcome back to another episode of The World According to Us. This is your host, your man, Steve Jabba. And uh, today's episode is going to be The N-Word, Part 3. I've been holding off on doing this follow-up episode for a few months because I was thinking about having a panel discussion, which I still intend to do, but um, I don't know. It seems like each day that passes, more and more I'm getting reminded of the importance of addressing this issue because it directly pertains to our community. When we tie that in with current events, uh, the situation that happened with Kyrie Irving, and that's still going on with Kanye, and addressing the social issues of uh, what is considered disrespectful or crossing the line when it comes to um, other groups of people, other segments of the society. Um, What's acceptable, what's tolerated, what's not tolerated. And when I look at our own community, God's chosen people, a.k.a. melanated, a.k.a. black people, um, I really have a pessimistic outlook for the future based on what I'm seeing on a daily basis. Uh, Why do I say that? Uh, I've said in the previous episodes, you know, growing up in the household that I grew up in with uh, immigrant parents to this country from Ghana and Guyana, I didn't grow up in a household with my siblings where we addressed each other with the gratuitous, uh, aggressive, animated, over-the-top use of the N-word in place of saying brother, sister, father, mother, mom, dad, cousin, or uncle. The N-word did not replace, in particular when you're even going out in public, and you're saying, hey brother, what's happening? Today, you substitute brother for the N-word. Today, you substitute foe for the N-word. Anything that you would consider uh, a form of a greeting, be it a positive or a negative one, the use of the N-word is prevalent. And I have a couple of examples that I want to address in this particular episode. Um, One occurred actually on Thanksgiving Day that I was so caught off guard by that I I took note of it, but I found it away for a moment such as today where I would address it uh, properly and contextually. Another one happened just this afternoon as I was about uh, the neighborhood running some errands. And then another episode, uh, situation, excuse me, occurred a few days ago where I happened to come across a post on social media that was referencing this exact issue with regards to how can we expect and hold people from another group or other groups of ethnicities to a standard of respecting us and not disrespecting us or calling us out of our name when we don't do that our own selves, not even amongst ourselves collectively because I know there are many of us who believe as I believe that we are better than and we are more than that slur and that we can never adopt it or transform it into something positive the vile evil 
wicked, demeaning, derogatory nature of it is what it is. And it can never be transformed. No matter how many rappers or uh, celebrities or athletes will use it and try to make it fashionable or acceptable. It will never be acceptable, at least not in my opinion. And it's very disheartening to see the youth who are lost, who are mimicking those influences around them at such an early and impressionable age, acting out in public with pure ignorance. And then I can see the reaction of other groups of people who look at us and look at this broad paintbrush collectively, old to young. But in particular, you're looking at the youth and every negative stereotype imaginable. I can see it registering through their minds as they look at them and their glance changes from looking at the ones who are acting out in a just wild and totally inappropriate fashion to a person like myself who is of the same community but doesn't carry themselves in that fashion. And the the disconnect. Um, I'm going to get into the details of that in the next segment. We'll be right back. So, picking up where I left off, um, I don't think there's ever been, in the history of this world, a group of people more downtrodden, more cursed, and punished for being disobedient than we are as quote-unquote black people, whereas they you know, always refer to us as God's chosen people. There is no other group of people on the planet that can be called a color as if the color is their nationality or their culture like we are. And that said, that can only speak to the truth of the fact that because we don't know fully, or a lot of us don't know, are just now waking up to the fact of who we truly are, adopting and embracing uh, ethnic slur as if it is somehow commonplace um, and acceptable to refer to yourself or others of your same ethnic group as to me is a complete and utter sign of a breakdown in the mental psyche and self-respect of a collective people no other people on the planet would dare use a slur given to them or called or labeled upon them by another group of people who oppressed them and enslaved them and killed them and stole from them and displaced them and lied to them and continued to subjugate them and dominate them. No other people on the planet whatever embrace being called that racial slur amongst themselves as if it's a term of endearment yet here we are doing it and then justifying it it has to be considered a collective psychosis and insanity in my opinion and I know a lot of people are going to disagree some may even call me a coon I could care less because I can actually see the forest from the trees 
we can agree to disagree. Now, going back to the points that I made earlier in the previous segment. One instance that I saw that kept this on my mind where I could not escape it. And I took, I said before many times, no matter how many times I hear it, no matter where, which source it comes from, whenever I hear the N word, I'm uncomfortable. I cringe. I recoil from the sound of it. I don't like the connotation that it, it evokes within me. I know the historical perspectives of which I'm talking about. Some of them, I, I, I would say I could feel it resonating vicariously as if I was actually there back in those times when it was being applied to our ancestors. And that might sound strange for a lot of people who may be listening because they're disconnected. They can't see it. They're only going by what they were taught. Now, if you grew up in an American household uh, not that far removed from slavery, but far enough where you just collectively, culturally adopted the use of the N-word as if it was a term of endearment, you may be lost at what I'm saying. And I want to dovetail that with current events in particular if we are to address other groups of people. Let's take, for example, the world's quote-unquote perpetual victim, the Jewish community. We are constantly reminded about the Holocaust and the evils that happened to them in those concentration camps. We are constantly reminded that, that they will never forget that. They will never forgive it. And they will never allow it to happen again. The racial slurs used to describe a Jewish person, you would never see a quote-unquote Jewish person today using against a fellow Jewish person or against somebody else outside of their community as if it's fashionable or cool or a term of endearment. That conversation, that excuse would never be given. And you have to ask a simple, fundamental question. Why is that? Why does no other group of people embrace being called a slur? Why does no other group of people make excuses for the use of it culturally or fashionably? I think the basic and the most obvious answer is because they have respect for themselves. They have a self-respect. They have a dignity that they refuse themselves to be debased to that point where they themselves will don it as if it's a cloak of armor. It is not. And they know it. And the rest of the world knows it. And we intuitively, instinctively know it. If we are literally descended from kings and queens, how is it then today, instead of embracing the things that would be considered kingly and queenly or godly, we are embracing the exact opposite and holding that up as if somehow we've achieved some great feat while our enemies turn around and laugh at us and look at us like fools. And make money off of us while doing it. Think about that. 
Now, some of us may have no scruples, may have no uh, moral code or compass or uh, integrity or a feeling of self-respect where they'll do anything for a dollar. Um, for them, this would just be a form of entertainment or a means to making a dollar or making a buck. And as I guess, uh, how would Jay-Z put it? No matter what you call it, whether you have a PhD or a master's degree or a business degree, you're still going to be called the N-word. That may be true, but you don't have to accept it and you don't have to call yourself that. You can refuse and, and choose to reject that. That's my point. That when you embrace it, you're letting your enemy know that they've defeated you. And collectively, that's the message that we send and what we send to the youth so that they embrace it too. Um, I want to get to one instance that happened on Thanksgiving. This past Thanksgiving, I uh, ended up going out later in the afternoon to get some food as I didn't cook anything and I wasn't traveling to see family this year and ended up uh, going to a barbecue restaurant in the city called Virgil's. Make a long story short, I get the order and then I decide, oh, I need to get something to drink since I didn't order anything to drink from the restaurant. And I see a, uh, what I thought was a convenience store, but I guess it was a smoke shop slash convenience store. And this is like, hmm, just about half a block away from this uh, barbecue uh, restaurant. Now, when I go inside, I go and look to get like a soda. There appears to be uh, Middle Eastern or Arab youth working the register. And he's on his phone having a conversation with somebody being very loud and disrespectful in his tone and how he's talking to the person. No big deal for me. I've heard people be very vulgar and carry on and be loud. And I'm like, I'm just going to get my drinks and get out of here. And as this person is talking, I can see that he's looking at me and trying to size up whether or not he thinks that he would be comfortable or I would be comfortable enough for him to use the N-word. And he starts to drop the N-word gratuitously to the person that he's talking to on the phone saying, N-word this, N-word that, you so dumb, you so this and that, you stupid, and and, and this and, and I'm just like taken aback to the point that I actually have to stop and stare and look at him. Like, are you out of your effing mind? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? And in that moment, the whole conversation flashes back in my mind where I'm saying, what has happened to us in this world where everybody and anybody is comfortable using the word around us as if there is no limit to uh, saying it, whether in our presence or not, whether to our face or not. Everybody's calling everybody inward. I'm looking at uh, my mind thinking about Paul Mooney when he's having his comedy specials talking about everybody wants to be an N until they have to be an N. And I'm like, wow. Now, should I punch this dude in his mouth because he's so reckless in what he's saying? 
all these emotions are running in my, through my head and I'm like, I just better leave this store. I'm still processing it, but I'm like, let me just pay for these drinks and get out of here. And as I'm leaving, this same ignorant buffoon has the nerve to ask me if I smoke. And I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, oh, I was going to offer you a joint, a free joint for Thanksgiving. And in my mind, I'm thinking, so how am I supposed to take that? You feel comfortable enough to use a racial slur in my presence multiple times. You feel comfortable enough to assume that because I'm quote unquote black, that I must smoke and that you would want to offer me a joint as if we're cool or we're quote unquote brothers after that. And I left the store thinking I had the wrong reaction. My initial reaction should have been to check him the moment that he started uttering the N-word and say, listen, you maybe have your business in this neighborhood. You may feel comfortable using that around your friends or whoever else. But when you see me or anybody that looks like me, that should never come out of your mouth. That's what I should have said, even though I didn't do it. Sometimes you pick your battles and say, is it worth it? Would have been worth it at that particular moment in time for me to check this dude. In hindsight, I think yes. Then again, you never know. So I leave from there. Fast forward now. A couple weeks later. And... I see on social media an uh, episode about uh, the boondocks. And I just get a cursory glance at it. But from the clip that they're showing, you can see that there is a teacher who is in trouble. He is being called before the, I think the principal of the school or the superintendent or something like that. Or maybe it's a school board. And he is being accused of being racist for using the n-word and this teacher in his explanation is blaming a particular student in his class for him using the n-word because he said this dude uses the n-word all the time and prior to him being in my class that thought and not using that word never entered my mind but this guy had so much gratuitous use of it I could not help but pick it up by habit, almost by osmosis. Now, I'm throwing in the word osmosis there, but for all intents and purposes, that's basically what he's saying. He would, he, it was no choice for him but to absorb and ultimately use the use of the word, the N-word, because he had heard it so much from this particular student in his class. The examples that he gave, while many would have laughed, because I'll, I'll be honest, some of them, the references were funny and how he was given you know examples of how this particular student would use the n-word so about can the n-word get a french fry a borrow a french fry would you give with the with the n-word give the french fry back i mean you could see the exact point that i made earlier where instead of saying could a brother get you have to use the slur in its place and it becomes acceptable. Um, the point made 
is one that is like, well, now, if it's so widespread and so used, will there ever come a point where we don't use it, where it ceases to have the meaning of being an actual slur, which it really is? Collectively, as a people, are we going to teach the youth to stop that? Because how can we complain? This is this is the real issue. How can we complain about any sort of discrimination or hate speech when we use the very same thing that would be considered hate speech synonymously with something that's supposed to be a term of endearment or greeting? It makes no sense. It's, it's insane to actually think that. And yet this is the double standard that we have when we have communications with other people and other groups of people. That's the very same argument they're going to make. You can't blame me for using that word. You use it all the time. If it's okay for you to use, why can't I use it? You're, you're clearly not offended by it because if you were, you would stop using it. And you wouldn't use it in front of every and anybody. This is also our problem. Now, I want to get to today. In today's uh, example, as I was out and about in the neighborhood running some errands, I happened to be a little bit hungry in the afternoon. And I decided, let me stop at the neighborhood, you know, chicken and burger spot. This happened to be the hours that school lets out. And I should have known to trust my better instincts because I really and this is as sad as it's going to be to say I can't stand to be out and about when the kids are out of school the energy the attitude the buffoonery the the nonsense the antics and as a mass mob of them together you don't want to be around them the immaturity the fighting the cussing the disrespect. And then now you throw in social media. Everybody wants to be recording. Everybody wants to be a celebrity or want to be a celebrity. And think that somehow they're going to get a come up from recording their, their nonsense and showing it to people. Everybody wants to be popular. And what I see is that you have now addicted the youth to not a respecting privacy or decorum in public or in private. And made them think that that is acceptable to behave any kind of way, no matter where they are. No home training whatsoever. I pass a group of kids as I walk into this chicken spot. Guys are wrestling and wannabe fake or slap boxing females. I kid you not. And I'm like, whether you're playing or not. The fact that you're not even aware that you have people who are actually coming in to purchase food items from this spot and you're acting like complete idiots, wild animals with no self-control and no self-awareness where you would almost walk into somebody because you're not paying attention to what you're doing because you're busy acting like an idiot grabbing onto somebody or wanting to be punching on or slapping somebody. I literally had maybe two seconds of patience in me when I got to the counter and I was just like, I can't be in here. And I, t- I placed my order and said, you know what, I'll be back. And I purposely made sure that I left and watched from a distance 
until most of them eventually left that that store. And it took a good 15, 20 minutes. But in the time that I was in the store, the amount of times that I heard them using the N-word amongst each other was no different than that episode that I referenced of the boondocks. So you have art imitating life, life imitating art on repeat. And that is why I'm saying I, I, it's hard to see how we collectively will wake up as a people when the youth have embraced ignorance and stupidity and lack of self-respect on a mass scale. These are going to be the future leaders. I, I, oh my gosh, we are doomed if that's the case. Now, some people say maybe I'm overreacting because not all the youth, as immature as they are at this point, will stay that way when they become adults. A lot of them, you can't tell. 16, 17, you're almost there as a young adult. And if you don't have yourself together right now in terms of having a good head on your shoulders, I don't see how you're going to have a good outcome in the future, especially when you come up across certain situations or scenarios of unfairness or um, discrimination, how you'll handle it. I could envision some of these kids in a situation where they would call their own boss the N-word and then turn around and complain if the boss would call them the N-word. I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. Am I being overly dramatic? Am I being too sensitive to it? Or is this a a conversation that has larger context that we have to discuss where context is everything? I mean, my father, when he was alive, God rest his soul, he used to say, there's a time and a place for everything. And I have to agree. But I don't know that we can never say there's a time and a place to accept and adopt disrespecting ourselves and acting as if that's okay and normal and to be tolerated. Um, what else? A, before I go. And this might be me beating a dead horse, but When it comes to, and I know I referenced the Jewish community earlier, but let's stay on them for a second. If you notice, when the Kyrie Irving controversy was going on with regards to Hebrews to Negroes, and they made a firm stance to say that the documentary referenced, still available on Amazon, no disclaimer, was an anti-Semitic film. They made a point to let everybody know, even if there's maybe one or two instances of something that they could consider that to be true within the documentary, that the whole thing should be considered anti-Semitic. Right? Should be considered hate speech, could cause harm to them as a community. Why don't we have that same energy? I don't see Jewish people going around 
calling themselves the K-word. Rhymes with bike. Never hear that. You don't see them marketing films and music and movie doing that. How come we don't learn from these same people that have been showing us the blueprint for years, for decades, for millennia? When will we wake up collectively? When will we act collectively? When will we use group economics? Build each other up. That's going to be a topic for another episode, but it'll be tied into this one. Because all of these things are connected. So, in upcoming episodes, I definitely plan on having uh, a few brothers on to share their perspective on the use of the N-word. Where they see us collectively as a group of people going in the future. And what our role is in our current state. See, I'm Generation X, so what does my generation need to do with regards to the youth that are coming after us today what information do we need to impart what standards do we need to lay down and emphasize that we maybe have failed to because previous generations to us have failed to act on or impart to the youth I know that I'm blessed to have had the parents that I had to grow up in the household that I grew up in to have the experiences that I have so I can have this kind of an outlook. I know I'm extremely fortunate in that regard. And because of that, my eyes are open in a different way maybe than some others who may look like me but don't see things the same way. In any case, thank you guys for listening, for joining us on this episode. Um, I'll be back with some other in relation to current events. I'll touch on January 6th, uh, Trump, these midterms, uh, Yay and Nike and Adidas and plans for the future. So until then, take care, stay blessed. Thank you for listening. This has been your man, Steve Jobber for the world according to us. Thank you.